What a day, what a day, what a day. Want to welcome you back to the Salvation Has Been Brought Down podcast sponsored by the Greenville Avenue Church of Christ. Again, we want to certainly thank you for tuning in today to this podcast, and it's our prayer that something will be said today that will uh, help you to continue to grow in your spiritual walk and uh, to give you some additional information that uh, you can uh, apply to your life, your everyday lifestyle, and, and just continue to learn about the Word of God and to become more knowledgeable Again, uh, I'm Brother Tyrone Jones, one of the associate ministers here at the Greenville Avenue Church of Christ. And uh, this podcast, again, is sponsored by Greenville Avenue. And the purpose is to share information about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so one of the things that we always ask in these podcasts is that if you're tuning in, please have your Bible, pencil, and paper. We want you to take some notes and then that way you have an opportunity to respond to us in the end. And um, you have an opportunity to uh, go to our website and uh, give us some feedback about this podcast. Also, if you like this podcast, we want you to give us a thumbs up, subscribe to us, that you can continue to receive the information uh, concerning the podcast. Also shared with family, friends, and relatives, and um, give them the opportunity to assess the podcast as well. So we're going to be talking about a topic today, the saving power of Jesus Christ, or the saving power of Christ. And so the last podcast, episode five, we talked about the plan of salvation, And so in this podcast, we're going to be looking at the saving power of Christ. So we're going to take a look at Romans 8, 28 through 29. And the scripture reads, And we know that all things, uh, in all things, God's work for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So this is the springboard uh, to the uh, topic, the saving power of Christ today. So let's take a look at God's perfect love for the church. And so when Christians are faithful to God, he works all circumstances together for their spiritual good. Now notice when Christians are faithful, and that helps us to see that God will work things all uh, for our good, but It's when Christians are faithful. So that's very important to understand. You have to be faithful. And then it says, those that love God are those that love him, believe in him, and obey him. We're talking about being obedient 
uh, to what God's commands are and what God is asking us to do through his word. Those that were called according to his purpose means that they were called by the gospel and obeyed it. Now, let me say that one more time. Those that were called according to the purpose, this is very important, means that they were called by the gospel. Now, in the last podcast, I put a lot of emphasis on the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how Christ died for the sins of the world. So that means that they were called by the gospel and obeyed it. So it's not just something that just jumped out there and a person obeyed it. A person was called by the gospel. Now, if you recall, in that last session, we talked about the Ethiopian eunuch. That was an example of a person being called by the gospel and obeyed it. Now, God wants every man and woman uh, to become righteous, a righteous person, and go to heaven. Now, he didn't say he wanted some. He didn't say he wanted a few. He said he wants every man and woman uh, to go to heaven. So that lets us know that God has an interest in every person living upon this earth. Notice what I just said. God has an interest of every person living upon this earth, and he wants all to go to heaven, not just some. He wants all. But watch this. Man must live right. So you see it, you have to live right. You have to believe. You have to trust. You have to obey God. And God will work all things for man's ultimate good. So there are some things in there that we have to do. We have to what? Live right. We got to believe. We got to trust. We got to obey God. And God will work all things for man's ultimate good. So that's a promise that he gives us. So God's love for the church, Romans 8, 29. Now, to understand this text or context of the according to its purpose in verse 28. Now, I like this part here. It says, before man was created. So before man was even created, God foresaw that man would sin. Now, think about that for a minute. Before man was created, God foresaw that man would sin. So that helps us to see that when sin occurred on the earth, it wasn't like God just said, uh, what happened? No, no, no. God already knew that sin was going to take place because it's within his plan. So God's eternal purpose was that man would be saved by the gospel. And that's what we're talking about today. God's eternal purpose was that man would be saved by the gospel. And if you notice, I've been putting a lot of emphasis on the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how Christ died for the sins of the world. 
So we're going to take a look at what we call core values. We talked about the plan of salvation in the last podcast, episode five. And so there are some core values that are very important as relates to the saving power of Christ. And these core values um, should be implemented in the church. And we're going to go over those core values. This deals directly with the saving power of Christ because these core values are very important. So let's look at what core values are. Core values are traits or qualities that are not just worthwhile. They represent an individual's organ or an organization's highest priorities. Now, notice what I just said. It represents an individual's or an organization's highest priorities. And for those of you who are out in corporate America, this is not a new term for you. Uh, core values, but I'm sure your organization have core values and they're uh, there for the highest priorities of what that organization stand for. They are deeply held beliefs. Now notice deeply held beliefs and core. And so these are the fundamental driving forces. And that's what we're going to look at in these core, in these core values they are our highest priorities, they are deeply beheld, held beliefs, and they are the fundamental driving forces. In other words, these values are implemented all the time, not some of the time, not often, but all the time. Let's take a look at these core values. So here's the first one that we're going to look at. Core value number one, Ephesians chapter one, verse 22 through 33. There is only one church for all people. How many? There is only one church for all people. Christ is the only head of that church. The church is the body of Christ. That's Ephesians 1, 22 23. Listen to what it says. Even though there are 360 religious groups in the world, now we're talking about religious groups, one must be in the church to be saved. So you must be in the church to be saved. The church of Christ was established on the day of Pentecost, and we talked about uh, the Pentecost in episode number one, okay? So it goes on to say, salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. And that's Romans 16, 16. So we have to stand firm and straight and teach that there is one church. That's core value number one. There is one church. Now I said there are some 360 um religious groups out there. Now, the fact is, out of that 360 religious groups, 359 of them are not doing what the scriptures say. 
So I want you to let that marinate. Out of the 360, 359 of those groups are not doing what the Bible says. How many churches are there? There's just one. Let's take a look at core value number two as it relates to the saving power of Christ. Baptism. Now, I'm not sure if you've been taught what, uh, what baptism and the importance of baptism. So baptism is for the remission. Now, the remission, the word remission simply means for the forgiveness so baptism is for the forgiveness of sins. And so baptism is essential, which means it's necessary. I mentioned in the last podcast, there were some categories listed. And I stated that there are individuals who want to be baptized because they know that it's necessary. In other words, they had to have been taught something about baptism or heard something about baptism. But I like that because when a person says, I want to be baptized, that's very important. And so baptism is essential. It's not uh, something that we take lightly. In order to come into the body of Christ, Baptism is necessary. It is essential. You have to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Otherwise, you're not coming into the church. In other words, it's mandatory. It is mandatory with no exceptions. Acts 2 and 38. Please make reference of that scripture, Acts 2 and verse 38. And then also... As it relates to baptism, look at um, the next part. He that believeth and is baptized. Now, sometimes people will just look at the word, all I have to do is believe. Remember, we talked about the plan of salvation. Yes, belief is very important, but that's only one of the steps. Do you remember what that plan was? The plan was hearing believing, repenting, confessing, and being baptized, and then remaining faithful. So if a person is just going to take the word believe, all I have to do is believe in Jesus Christ. Now, if somebody's telling you all you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ in your heart, that's not true. I cannot read about that statement in the scripture. And if so, Send me a snapshot so I can look at it. I want to see where it says, all I have to do is believe in my heart and I'll be saved. Send that to me and I'll take a look at it. But he that believeth and is what? Baptized shall be saved. That's, that's two things right there, not one. And then it says, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So let's look at reference uh, Mark 16, 16. Uh, go ahead and make note of that scripture there. And so one of the things that we do in society is uh, we take the information that we like and we use it. 
Information that we don't like is what we really need, and we don't use it. And so we're only getting a part of the information. If you recall, I talked about uh, in, in the last podcast, I talked about the foundation. I said that the foundation, the beginning foundation, when a person is building a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's going to come through them establishing the fact that I have to hear, and here comes through uh, the hearing of the Word of God, and then I have to believe, I have to believe in God even though I can't see Him, and then there's a foundation and so we have to make we have to make the connection that um, we just can't pick and choose uh, the scriptures that we want. And one of the podcasts I mentioned about connecting dots, and uh, we're and that's what we're doing within these scriptures. We are connecting dots. So he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. Mark 16, 16. That's core value number two. Core value number three. Now we're looking at the assembly. So Christians, according to Hebrews 10, 25, Christians must assemble on the first day of the week. Now, if you're not familiar with what the first day of the week is, the first day of the week is Sunday. And and so that's the day that Christians must assemble on the first day of the week. And let me clarify that just a little bit more. Uh, When Jesus was crucified, he died on the cross and then he was buried. Okay, he was buried on a Friday. So he was buried on a Friday, but he got up on Sunday, on Sunday. And so Friday uh, was the first day. And then you have Saturday, then you have Sunday. So the day that he rose, the day that he rose was on a Sunday. That is the first day of the week. So that's why that's there. Christians must assemble on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. If you look at the calendar, you see Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you say Sunday. That was from the calendar point of view. But the first day of the week is the day that Jesus resurrected. That's Sunday, the first day of the week. Now, notice what the scripture says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye, as ye see the day approaching. So the, the, the assembling of ourselves together is to study God's word and so that we can grow spiritually and that we can com- that we can um, come together and give God uh, praise and, and, and honor and, and acknowledge him for being the God that he is. And so we don't want to take that lightly. Core value number four, communion. 
The Lord's Supper is to be administered on every first day of the week with no exception, Acts 20 and 7. Now, that's why I just mentioned that about this assembly is on the first day of the week. So look at what the scripture says. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow and continue his speech until midnight. So that scripture lets us know that the first day of the week is when communion takes place. And unfortunately, we live in a society where uh, some people or some churches will uh, commune. Sometimes it might be the first Sunday of the month. It might be the middle of the month. And some might not commune at all. But according to the scripture, and upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, this helps us to see upon the first day of the week, not the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth day, it's the first day of the week that the disciples came together to break bread. So this is a core value. And remember I said, these are our highest priorities, which means that every first day of the week, we are going to have communion. We are going to assemble ourselves together every first day of the week. And then core value number five, which is the gospel. Now, I know you've heard me talk over and over and over about the gospel. The gospel is the only power on earth to save the lost. And that's why this topic is the saving power of Christ, because it is the gospel is the only power on earth to save the lost. There is no other power that can save a lost soul. So let's look at this a little bit more. First Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which preached unto you, when also ye received and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Now, notice when we were talking about the days of the week, I said Friday was day one, and then I said Saturday was day two, and then I said Sunday was day three. Now, notice, and that he rose again the third, what, day, according to the scriptures. And now that third day, we refer to it as the first day of the week, and we come to worship him uh, on the first day of the week. So these are examples of what the gospel has done. The gospel saved on the day of Pentecost. The gospel saved the Sumerians. The gospel saved the Ethiopian eunuch. The gospel saved Saul of Tarsus. The gospel saved Cornelius. The gospel saved Lydia. 
The gospel saved the Philippian jailer. The gospel saved the Corinthians. Now, why am I saying this? Because it is through the gospel, the saving power of Jesus Christ, it is through the gospel how a man can be saved. It is through understanding the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we have to put that at the forefront of the church. No matter all these different things that are going on in, in our society, yes, we have to preach about um, different things concerning our life and things that we need to help us to, uh, to grow and to develop into strong Christians and our spiritual growth. But God's purpose, remember God's purpose is his what? His church, and that the church has to go out into this world to save lost souls. So it's all about the gospel, which is the saving power of Jesus Christ. And so once again, here's the plan of salvation. You have to hear Romans 10, 17. You have to believe Hebrews 11, 6. You have to repent, Acts 2 and 38. You have to confess, Matthew 10, 32 through 33. You have to be baptized, Acts 2 and 38. You have to remain faithful, Revelations 2 and 10. So here is the outline once again. Now, if I go back, the gospel saved. These are the conversions that are in the book of Acts. The gospel saved these people through the plan of salvation, what I just shared. This plan that we're talking about saves. This plan saved those individuals. So in conclusion, the saving power of Christ, what do we have to do? We have to stand firm to the teaching of the apostles' doctrines, Acts 2 and 42. So now notice what I just said. We have to stand firm to the teaching of the apostles' doctrine. They continued what? Steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. That's Acts 2 and 42. So that's what we have to do. We have to stand firm to the teaching of the apostles' doctrine, not some other man-made doctrines, but whose doctrine? The apostles' doctrine. What did they do? They what? Continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. That's what they did. They didn't continue in Boniface III. They didn't continue in Muhammad's doctrine. They didn't continue in Martin Luther's doctrine. They didn't continue in Henry VIII's doctrine. They didn't continue in John Calvin's doctrine. They didn't continue in Robert Brown's doctrine. They didn't continue in John Smythe's doctrine. They didn't continue in John Wesley's doctrine. 
They didn't continue in Richard Allen's doctrine. They didn't continue in Joseph Smith's doctrine. They didn't continue in Charles Taze Russell's doctrine. They didn't continue in William Miller's doctrine. They didn't continue in Mary Eddy's doctrine. They didn't continue in Stephen Monfort D.S. Warner's doctrine. Now, if you take a look at this slide, you'll see those are the founders of various churches. And if you like to do research, I invite you to go out and do the research and you tell me, based on what I just read in Acts 2 and 42, they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They did not continue in these individuals' doctrine. So if you're following this doctrine, you're not following the teachings that is given in Acts 2 and 42. So what are these core values? Number one, there is but one church for God's people. Number two, baptism is essential. Number three, the assembly of the saints is important. Number four, communion on every first day of the week. Number five, the gospel is the saving power of Christ. And then the plan of salvation. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized, and remain faithful. Those are the core values of the church. And so, again, we want to thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope I shared some information uh, with you. If you have any questions or thoughts or comments, uh, please uh, contact me at tjones at gaclc.org, 972-677-2437. Be more than happy to have a conversation with you. Also, if you are interested in becoming a member of the Church of Christ, please give us a call. You're already a member of the Church of Christ and you're looking for a church home. We invite you to come to the Greenville Avenue Church of Christ located in Richardson, Texas. Once again, God bless you and thank you so much for tuning in today. Praise the Lord.